Hello and welcome to episode four of Tastemaker Conversations, a food blogger podcast for foodie influencers and content creators where we share tips and resources to help you grow your food blogging business. I'm Susie. And I'm Todd. This is episode four already? Yeah, we're there. Oh my goodness. Today is a special episode for you because (laughs) we're interviewing us. Susie and I are interviewing each other. Uh, We run the food food blog heygrillhey.com together. Um, it's our family business now. We go at it full time. Um, I've quit my full time job and we're just at it. So today we're going to talk about our backstory, um, eat, get to know each of us a little better, and what motivates us, what influences us, and what got us here today, and what the future looks like for us, and also maybe a few tips and tricks along the way. So, anyway, we're really excited. Um, it's going to be really Susie focused today. Because she, <laughs> Isn't everything tough? She, it is, it is. She's the one that's been behind this whole thing. She's the engine behind it all. So anyway, we're really excited and I'll introduce the Hey Grill Hey blog real quick and we'll get going. Is that okay? Yeah, let's get started. Okay, so Hey Grill Hey started, I'm doing this all off the top of my head. I don't have any notes in front of me. In March of 2015 and it started because Susie got kind of released as a freelancer from a major grill company that she was uh, writing recipes and she helped create this blog and build this blog for this grill manufacturer's website. That was Todd's nice way of saying that I got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they brought everything in-house and you didn't want to go in-house. We'll get more into that later probably. Anyway, so out of that, uh, with all of this knowledge... And recipe creation in her brain, she decided to launch a food blog. We were in Hawaii on vacation, and she told me that she was just going to do it. And I was 100% behind it, even though I, back then, I rolled my eyes at food bloggers. um, That I don't anymore, I promise. Um, So, anyway, here we are today. Tons of content that she's created. And, uh, well, I can say we, because we've worked on it together. And um, so, just to get started, Susie from HeyGrillHey.com, <laughs> tell us about where you grew up. What's your background like? So, I grew up in Utah. Um, had a pretty typical family life. I'm the youngest of six kids. Um, but my dad is a serial entrepreneur. He was always um, kind of working on the next project, the next deal. And when I was a kid, his main focus was in hotels. So he owned several hotels, um, and one of the hotels had a restaurant. And so I grew up from the time I was a kid. Every summer we spent in southern Utah by Bryce Canyon, one of the beautiful, beautiful national parks. Um, And I got to live there every summer, and I got to clean hotel rooms and wait tables. And I really fell in love with kind of the service industry and especially in the restaurant feeding people there were a lot of European tourists and we were a steakhouse and everybody just really wanted a (laughs) ribeye and in that environment I kind of learned um, a lot about the food culture that we enjoy here in America and meat and my parents would always say I was a carnivore growing up because I just really, I really like meat. 
And uh, that kind of just sat in the back of my mind, and I really didn't do anything with it. I went to college. I actually, that's where Todd and I met, was in Southern Utah at SUU, Southern Utah University. Go T-Birds. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got my degree in psychology. Uh, my goal was to be an adoption counselor. And then I had worked in social work. I had worked in crisis nurseries. I'd worked in the foster care program. And when we started having our own kids, I found it really, really hard for me to kind of have that professional separation that you need to offer services to other kids when I had to go home to my own baby. Um, So I quit working and it didn't last very long. I'm a very, my mind is very... I don't know. It's always moving and always thinking. I think I got a lot of my dad in me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started working just freelancing from home for a deal blogger in about 2009, 2009, 2010. 2009, 2010. It was out of desperation a little bit too. Yeah. We had bought our first house. The the economy was kind of rough at the time. We overpaid for our first house. Well, we didn't overpay. We bought too much house. Yeah, we did. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of ran into that same problem around the same time. And so we were just doing our best to survive. And so I remember, working. I remember getting like my first couple paychecks cause I just started a brand new like career. It was like straight out of college, master's degree, accounting career. And I start getting my paychecks and they're, um, less so one paycheck was less than our mortgage payment in our HOA, <laughs> and that scared me to death. Yeah. So it was a good opportunity for me to work from home and to freelance and to help also support our income without having to find childcare. So I worked on the back end just writing posts. So I really was just in content creation for another blogger, and she put up daily deals and grocery deals and coupon deals, and that's kind of where I was really introduced to blogging as a business. I didn't understand that that was something that people did, but I worked for a blogger that was incredibly successful at the time and... Who taught you how to make a link out of text? (laughs) Todd taught me how to hyperlink things. (laughs) There was definitely a learning curve. I taught you how to blog. Yeah, Todd taught me how to (laughs) blog years and years ago. That's not true. Um, And so I did that for several years and from there I got another job. Uh, A neighbor was starting a He worked in the marketing department for a grill manufacturer, and he knew that I loved food, and I had never not loved food. I loved cooking for my family. We loved eating at restaurants. Food was a big part of our lives, Um, and I think that, like, harkens back to when I was a kid, but he had heard that I had worked on the back end of a blog already, and he wanted to start a blog for his grill company that he was working for. So somehow I got the job. I remember him telling me, like I told him, I don't know anything about grilling. Our grill at the time was literally a free grill that we had gotten off of Craigslist. Like it had spider webs on it. It was not nice. (laughs) Well, and he told one of our friends that, well, I think he wanted her to do it. And she was like, no, but I have someone. (laughs) Yeah, she sent him to me. That's right. That's how he found me. Um, So... Anyway, I he dropped a grill off on my porch and he said, you help me with the back end of creating this thing and I will help, like you will figure the grill stuff out. And he's like, I actually kind of like the angle of you being new and still figuring out recipes and working it from, you know, from the very beginning of how 
how you figured out how to cook on it. So that's how we started. And I just worked in recipe creation from then on out. So we got the blog set up. And, and just then... for the record, that old spiderweb grill, um, Susie didn't touch it. No, I don't think I had ever <laughs> grilled on it one time. Like I figured out, I was like grilling chicken and like putting barbecue sauce on it. And I was impressing some people. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And I feel like you guys should know that Todd manifests into his life everything that he wants. And once upon a time, years before this, any of this even happened, we were watching a show on Food Network. Was it Food? Oh, TLC. TLC. Barbecue Pit Called Barbecue Pit Masters. And Todd was like, man, someday I would just really love to own a smoker like that and get into like real barbecue. And so Todd says things and then the universe just like puts them in my path so that he can have them. Well, I, I never knew, I never knew what barbecue was. Like, yeah, we were I very... grew up thinking barbecue was like crock pot pulled chicken with barbecue sauce or like right. the barbecue or like, you know, a cheap pulled pork sandwich from somewhere. But, and I, I, I ended up with my accounting job, I ended up in Atlanta a couple of times and they took, I remember this one guy was like, I'm going to take you to the best barbecue in the area. And I'm like, okay. And he took us to Dickies, which wasn't here yet. Anyway. <laughs> so, like, I don't think I'd ever really had good barbecue. And I like can't... American barbecue. Yeah. So, watching this show, I was just intrigued. I'm like, I think I'd really like that. You yeah. Know? Utah doesn't have a long history of authentic no. barbecue. I mean, you think, like, Texas or Memphis or Carolinas or... Anyway, that's off the point of how this blog started. <laughs> But that's, don't forget Kansas City, St. Louis. City. Man, I know make, I can't forget anybody. People, people are gonna get so mad. Um, that's what you're here for. You help me. <laughs> so anyway, I started on this website, and then I got another job working just from home again, doing social media for a startup and helping them run their social media platforms. And I kind of just gathered all of this experience from all of these jobs that I had had working from home. And it was great. It gave me an awesome outlet. It gave us a nice cushion to our income. And every time people would ask me like, hey, you should start your own thing. Like, why don't you do your own blog? I would say no, because I knew how much work it was. But there was a point where we did start a a blog with my sister. It was called The Honey Can't List because we're a little salty. Because honey can't. (laughs) And it was about home decor and DIY. And we made it about a year. But I had a baby and she had kids home from school all summer and we were just kind of at a point in our lives where we couldn't keep keep it running so that one died out I and think i it was, was like just... a it felt like it was more i don't know if you guys were super pumped on the whole diy thing yeah you, you like the idea of it but well we like the idea of running our own site and but that one it it didn't last so it kind of shook my confidence a little bit like maybe i can't actually do this so i had really held off on starting my own blog for myself because I was not confident that I had what it took to cover all of my bases. So it really took um, getting let go from this job for me to finally suck it up enough to say like, well, I mean, I either find another job or I just make a run at it. And we were, we were on a beach in Hawaii and the sun was rising, setting. I think it was setting. Yeah, it was in the evening. And I just looked over at Todd and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it. And we came home and I bought my domain a week later. I spent all week reading income reports from bloggers and how to start blog posts and how to start, you know, your own websites. And 
I bought a domain and I ran with it. And that was three years ago last week. And at the time I was just like, oh, that's cute. You know, like, no, I'm going to be like a big chief financial officer of a major company someday. And you can just do your blog, you know, follow your passion or whatever. <laughs> Todd thought it was adorable. <laughs> but, and, but she was pulling out these income reports from some of these. There, there was a big blog um, back then that was putting out their income reports every month. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way you can make $20,000 in one month. Like, that's insane, you know? Anyway. It was really beyond our realm. We're, we are, not we were, we are, like, we grew up in a very traditional way, right? Yep. Like, husband provider, wife stays home and raise the kids. It's very cultural. Um, and that was our, I was both of our expectations for our lives, is that we would middle class our whole lives and have just this great nine to five and make ends meet when we needed to. When all the kids went to school, you'd go get a nine to five and yeah, that was kind of like, that was the trajectory of our lives. Uh, and then everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> so I started my blog. Um, and I have to say I made part-time income and I put in part-time work because we had little babies at home. I wasn't quite able to give it the time that it probably needed to grow faster. And there was a lot of things, like when you start a blog, there's just a whole buttload of things that you don't know and that you kind of just have to learn as you go and learn by doing. And there were a lot of times where I just didn't post anything for a month because I didn't feel like it or I didn't feel inspired or I didn't work. I'll never forget, I went to a conference with some of my food blogger friends that I had met and I didn't even bring my laptop so I was like, oh, this will be fun. I'm just going to go learn some stuff. And every night as the conference ended, they'd go to dinner, go back to their hotel rooms. Every single one of them, they would pull out their laptops and work for like two to three hours at night. And they were like, I just sat there because I was like, oh, this is serious. Like these women are freaking running businesses. They still make fun of you to this day. You're still yes, friends with them. I know. I And I just <laughs> didn't even take, I didn't even take my computer. I was like, oh, girls weekend or something. I don't know what I thought, but uh, that really opened my eyes because I had had dreams of what this blog could be. I had dreams that I could make this work and that this could be an income source for us. But to meet real people in real life that were, giving it the time that it needed, prioritizing it in their lives, treating it like a business. I honestly, I treated it like a cute hobby. Um, and getting the results from it, I was in at that point. I was hooked. Like that was a very big turning point in my life is meeting real people in real life that were doing the things that I really wanted to do and seeing how they did it. And it was just a massive mind shift to, if this is going to be a business, I have to treat this like a business. I remember that conference specifically. I could probably give you like a, a month and a year. You know, I can. I, it was very profound. I remember that change in you, and I, I appreciate those ladies like beyond anything that they can comprehend. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. And uh, quick plug for the conference. I mean, this podcast is for Tastemaker Conference, right? So yeah. like, this these are opportunities you don't want to miss out on to go to conferences like this, especially this one. Because this one is specifically the whole idea behind it. If you've listened to episode one with Abby, is it's just meet up and share secrets and support each other and like let's let's be a rising tide and lift all the boats, right? Like that's the whole point of all this. So. Yeah, and that's the thing that I found, and that's where I mean 
many of you guys will probably relate to this. Do you ever feel like you're a jack of all trades and a master of none? Like I was always the kid that didn't have a specific thing. Even the stuff that I went to college for didn't pan out with what I wanted to do with my life. Like I spent thousands and thousands of dollars getting this degree. (laughs) And that's not what I ended up wanting to do with my life. And I never felt like I was incredibly good or I ever had a thing that was my thing. And food blogging kind of, I didn't know that it would be my thing. I didn't even know that barbecue would be my thing. But as these opportunities came and as I ran with them, like it became my thing. And like these conferences were so pivotal in helping me feel like I had found my place and I had found my people and I had found a community and a tribe that understood me and what I was going through and the working process that I was going through. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just a massive game changer. So conferences, you'll always hear like the best thing about conferences, like classes are amazing and the speakers are amazing and sponsors are amazing, but working with actual people in your field, cause blogging can be a very isolating business. You know, I'm home in front of my computer, in front of my grill or behind a camera most of the time. Yeah. And so these conferences really just give us an opportunity to be together with like-minded individuals, to be inspired and uplifted and to make connections. So that was incredibly profound and a big shift in our business. And one of the big reasons that Todd was able to quit his job. Um, So on that, that was my long background. (laughs) Well, I want to go back to that because um, I I think these other, I I don't want to just say ladies because there's obviously very talented and awesome men at these conferences too but like everyone's just really genuinely interested in what you're doing and um because they've been through their own version of it and to hear your version of it um i'm not just talking to Susie right now i'm talking to anyone who's listening they want we want to hear your version and what you've gone through because it's so intriguing to us because um, it could be, although you might think it's the same, it could be completely different and yet you've made it work and it's awesome. And like, I think that's why it's, there's genuine intrigue amongst all these bloggers, right? Well, and everybody's path is so incredibly different. So there are food bloggers that have general food blogs that write, you know, massive recipes and have incredibly viral videos. And then I came from a place where I might have less page views than some of these bigger bloggers, or I might have less followers on social media than some huge bloggers, but I'm still making awesome money. And it's so great to get together in these groups of people. And that's why you love hearing their stories is because it sparks something in you every single time. Like, oh my gosh, they're making money doing this thing, or they found success using this particular method or focusing on whether it's SEO or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, or sponsored posts, you know? And it just opens your mind to so many other possibilities and opportunities within your business. So I think that's why like, there really is that fire and that energy and that connection and why people are so interested in you and invested in you is because those relationships are so incredibly mutually beneficial. Oh, yeah. So that's a little backstory on where we came from and how <laughs> we got Hey Girl Hey to the point where it is right now. Um... Todd quit his job four months ago in December after Hey Girl Hey had been running for about two years and nine months. 
And one of the things that really allowed us the freedom and the financial security for him to quit his job is we had some really massive viral videos on Facebook. And that's, you know, we kind of struck at the time when virals were viral (laughs) on Facebook and things were picking up and going hot. And um, we were able to kind of just convert that income into more lasting income and something that could sustain us long term. And now we're in this phase of transitioning. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, Transitioning from that traditional nine to five with like work at home mom having a side hustle to being full-time entrepreneurs. And the transition has been unique. So I'm going to give Todd a minute to talk about kind of what the experience has been like. I know a lot of people that are food blogging, that's the goal, right? That's the dream is that you can take this thing that you love and that you care about and that you're passionate about and use it to financially support your family and transition yourselves into kind of living the life that you envision and the life you dream of. So I'm going to let Todd talk a little bit about that. Oh man. Um, I'll just go back to probably more than a year ago, maybe early 2017. Um, we'd had a couple videos doing okay. I mean, breaking a million views on, on Facebook, right? Um, I haven't, didn't really see the monetary benefit of those yet. Um, and it was the beginning of last year when Susie started telling me, I don't want to say Susie, you're sitting right here. I just need to (laughs) say you, like you started telling me like the end of this year, like this is the year, this is our year. It's going to happen. You're going to quit your job. And I was just like, I I couldn't make heads or tails of what you were talking about. I'm like, you're getting maybe a few hundred bucks from your, your ad company. Right. And I'm like, but we can't, like, we just can't do it. Right. Um, but I didn't know what would happen that year, right? As we continued to grind and we continued, we were putting out, I don't know, four to six new videos a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had one in December of 2016 do really well, and that kind of carried us. And then we just were putting them out and putting them out. And, I mean, they weren't really, I mean, they were doing okay. I mean, can't complain, right? Yeah. But then in March, we put out this jerky video. And it like within 24 hours, it had a million views. And by the end of the weekend, it had 5 million views. And I was like losing my mind. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> and even to this day, it's still extremely viral. Every, I mean, it's Susie's created a cultural phenomenon with jerky. If you know anyone that likes jerky, ask them if they've had Dr. Pepper jalapeno beef jerky. And they'll say, yes, I have. It's amazing. I make it all the time because... <laughs> Like, I have never met anyone who's never heard of this recipe. And she just created it out of her head randomly one day and did a blog post on it. And then we did a video for it a few months later because we're like, oh, the the picture does okay. You know, we get a lot of likes when we put the picture up. And then it just exploded. So then we started this new thing where we were just grinding. We wanted to get another one. And we would about once a month. We'd hit gold on another one and another one and another one. And so... It was about June. Uh, we took a we took a vacation to Spain, and while we were in Spain, we had one that was going crazy, and it was just we were always checking how many views does it have, how many views does it have. And Susie was always checking her Google Analytics, and it always bothered me because I, I was like, 
I, I thought it was like a prideful thing for you, you know? I was like, why, like, why do you care? Like, why does it matter? Like, just do what you love. And who cares if one person sees it or a million people see it? And now, I, side note, I check analytics probably 25 times a day. <laughs> Where are our page views at? Where are our page views at? What are they looking at? How many is organic? How, you know? Anyway, so I We've totally become get... slightly like analytic junkies, yeah. actually. So anyway, in June, and honestly, for me, it was that money talks. So in June, because there's a two or three month delay until those page views started rolling in from that jerky video, and um, and then we knew three months ahead what was coming in, and it was in June that we sat down. We were out on our back porch by our trusty smokers out there. He says <laughs> smokers plural because there are many. Oh yes, there are many. Um, that's where we feel at home, just <laughs> just encircled and hugged by those smokers, right? Yep. Um, but we were just sitting out there and I pulled out a piece of paper and we just started writing down income projections. Like, what are we going to have by the end of the year? How much are we going to have in the bank? How much are we going to have coming in monthly? So the point I want to make is you can't just, if you want your husband to jump ship and come work with you, you can't be making a few hundred dollars a month and just go off on a prayer. Maybe it'll work. I'm not going to say it won't, but you have to be realistic about it too, right? Like I was, Susie was really dreamy about it. And I'm a CPA accountant, so I was very realistic and way on the other side about it. He was very Excel spreadsheety about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it had to make financial sense to me. And so when I saw the numbers, when I saw that by December, we'd have X amount in the bank, and we'd have X amount coming in every month, it just something clicked in my head. And I was like, yeah, we're doing it. And I was excited about it. And... We were like trying to, I was like trying to hype myself up to talk to my boss, you know, about, (laughs) um, I I keep drifting away from the mic over here. Sorry guys. I'm back. (laughs) Anyway, I kept, I kept thinking, how am I going to approach my boss? And so it was actually the next day we were sitting at lunch and I was just so excited about it. There were two or three of us and I just kept talking about it. And, um, he brought up this, um, it was some old explorer <laughs> from like the 17, 1800s. I can't remember. I think it was Cortez or something. He said he, he, he sailed across with this group of, um, of men. And when they got to their destination, I don't, I think it was somewhere in South America. I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize for any <laughs> history buffs out there. I'm an idiot with history. But anyway, he, um, they all got off the boat and then he set the boat afire and pushed it out to sea. So there's no turning back, right? Survive so he, or die. <laughs> yeah. So he looked at me and he's like, so you just let me know when you want to burn the ship. Okay. Cause he was super, he was, it was weird to have a boss like that, that he was excited for us. Yeah. He was excited for Susie and what she was doing and he didn't want to lose me cause I was a valued employee, but he saw something in us and he wanted us to go for it. So we got back and it was like two hours. We got back from lunch that day. So this is the day after <laughs> Susie and I wrote out all those in- income projections Sunday night. So Monday after Monday, we go to lunch, have the burn the ships conversation. Two hours later, I'm in his office and I'm like, I'm lighting the match. I'm burning the ships. And, and then Todd calls me and says, I quit my job. <laughs> and I was like, now? Like today? Like you're coming home? No, we. I talked to my boss about it and he said that uh, December would be good because that would give them enough time to find someone hire someone i could train them and it was just kind of this perfect four or five month situation and uh anyway so that was it so the time went on and our income grew and we put money in savings 
Um, it wasn't as high as we expected, but we burned the ships. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. And December 15th of 2017, four months ago, three months ago, four months ago. I'm an accountant. I need my count back. My 10 key to do the math. Anyway, here we are. And we burned the ships and we're rolling. And um, we've had some huge setbacks um, because we're investing in something that could be huge for us. Yeah, there's um, definitely, I think any entrepreneur knows, like there's ups and downs. Yeah. And there are amazing payoffs. We have a lot more flexibility in terms of our time and our time together has grown and has been awesome and then there are setbacks of every month like maybe you do obsessively check your google analytics because you don't know if you're gonna make ad revenue that day or based on projections or you're just hoping that you're gonna turn that on they're like like whoa thousands of people like what is going on but yeah. that's never the case <laughs> every day it's like ah! <laughs> but yeah, anyway, and there are opportunities that have come that we honestly would never have imagined um, being available to us because we have that freedom and we have that flexibility and we do work on this full time. And so we've gotten to the point where with both of us home, we divide parenting responsibilities, we divide blog responsibilities, and honestly, three months in, we're still trying to figure out everything yeah, we're still we, trying to figure out who just does last what. week we got so burned out mm-hmm. we just like took like five days off like i'm not editing any more video like <laughs> <laughs> just needed the weekend off you know yeah and when he came home we were like oh my gosh we have so much time now we we're gonna do all of these things and we made a really aggressive editorial calendar for ourselves and looking back we may have made it a little too aggressive <laughs> But it's fine, and we're working on a site redesign now, and we're doing a podcast now, which is pretty cool. We really had talked about doing a podcast forever, so to now be kind of sharing our story and interviewing other people with their amazing stories, uh, it's been incredibly inspiring. Yes. So we're going to give a little peek into what the future holds. A little peek? Yeah, just a little peek. So We can't say much right now. I know. So... um a little history to lead into where we're going. So back in um, August of 2015, the same year I started my blog, I one thing that I told myself when I started my blog was just go for it. If you see an opportunity, say yes. Take it. Try it. Um, see what happens. And I saw an advertisement for a ballpark hot dogs event. And I was like, oh, hot dogs, like that's kind of in the realm of grilling and barbecue. And maybe that's something that I should look into. And I sent a video to this ballpark hot dogs contest. And what they were doing was a Guinness world record event to promote their new line of hot dogs. And they were, um, inviting people who wanted to be on the Guinness world record team going for the record. And so I sent in a video that day. It was due that day when I saw it. So I ran over literally to my friend's house to use their grill in their backyard. I borrowed their hot dogs because I didn't have any hot dogs. And I filmed a video of myself holding a camera. It was horrific. It was a bad video. But for whatever reason, the casting company saw something that they liked and they flew Todd and I out to New York and I got a Guinness World Record. I grilled for 34 hours and 35 minutes on a New York City street corner, which was full-scale insanity. Yeah. Um, But I also had another amazing opportunity because of that. I got to go through the Food Network kitchens and I got to meet the executive chef at Food Network. I got to meet Tyler Florence. Um, And I kind of got an introduction to this world of 
video, like produced food videos. And I figured out that that's where my, like my true love was. My true love was cooking for people on camera and using that as an avenue to teach. And that kind of changed everything. So we're finally to the point where that's what we're doing. We're producing now full cooking shows in our kitchen. We're filming, we're editing, and I get to do what I love, which is really amazing and really unique. So that's cool. So we're working on growing our YouTube channel right now. It's hopefully another income source. We're putting out new recipes. We've got a site design on the horizon, which is really cool. And expensive. And expensive. But we have the money yeah. to pay for a huge site redesign that'll be mobile friendly and... You just go click on our site and there's beautiful barbecue meat right in your face. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to so, be awesome. We're really excited. Um, man, what else is in our future? I don't know. Hopefully someday a cookbook. Hopefully someday. I mean, who knows? I'm dreaming of a TV show. That'd well, be awesome. You always have. But I have, yes. Yeah, so that kind of ties back to when I went to Food Network is... Like my dream, and I wrote it on my blog. I came home and wrote in my about me that I want to have a Food Network show. So that's something that is like totally out there and totally ridiculous. But I've learned that you say the ridiculous things and you chase the ridiculous things and you go for those ridiculous things. I remember it from when you went on local TV, even yeah. before you went to New York. You yep. did your first local TV spot cooking that bacon drunk brisket thing. And everyone like, I remember the you just like lit up because uh, it was me and your brother and sister-in-law and a couple of your friends sitting out in the audience watching and they all once it once it kicked on and you started going like they all looked down at me and they're like who is this and i'm like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you just like you just lit up in front of the camera it was amazing it was like you've been doing it for years and it was your first tv appearance and uh and everyone devoured your food afterwards and was just freaking out about how delicious was it was. I was on cloud nine. Yeah, day. it was cool. It was fun for me to watch too because, I don't know, I hold you on this pedestal. So just to see other people put you on a pedestal is like, yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> she is cool, guys. I told you all along. But you said after that first time, you said, I want to have a TV show. So Yeah. So that's it, something that we're actively, very actively working towards is a TV show. Yep. So that's cool. And man, I think that's it. So that's a little bit of our story, where we came from, where we're at now, where we're going. And we would love to leave you guys with some resources. So in all of our business building, in all of our entrepreneurship goals and whatever else, there are some things that I have used, some tips and tricks and resources and tools that I've used to really help um, kind of build up my business and build up my confidence Will you pause right there? Yes. You remember those tips and tricks because I want to lead in with this is you will encounter difficulties that you feel like you can't um, break through, right? Um, and I've, I mean, I, I, I could go back and just talk about um, my issues that I've gone through and everything, but just like. I don't know, like there, there will be difficult times that will hit you and you're going to want to quit. But if this is what you want to do, don't quit, like push through, like even fake it till you make it. I feel like that's what we do all the time. That's what I've done my whole life. And here I am hosting a podcast and here I am 
with an amazing wife, we're running a business that is profitable and it's paying for our house and for trips. We're flying our whole family to Hawaii in September. Um, Sorry, I'm getting teary-eyed because this is—it's just amazing. Because we have had those difficulties, and we fought through them, and we've learned, and we—we've grown, and it's been a—we've grown. I'm sorry, I'm from Cedar City, <laughs> <laughs> Cedar City, Utah, Cedar High. We—we growed. Um, we've grown, and I'm just—it's just amazing. Like, don't stop, don't give up, chase it, go after it, like. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it, whether it's your spouse or your kids or your mom. Like, if it's what you want, go after it and keep working for it and fight for it. And with that, Susie will give you some tips and tricks. <laughs> <laughs> that feels, I feel like that was, I want to end there. Um, and it's absolutely true. There are times when I literally felt like I could have just walked away and nobody would have cared. Nobody yep. would have even known that that blog had existed nobody would have like they just wouldn't have cared and I felt like that many times um but here's some things that I do that I have used that have not just helped me get through those times but come out better after those times than I was when I started so there are a few books that I really love um one of them is probably, <laughs> this is from my dad. This is the most old school <laughs> motivational book that has ever been written. I think it's actually like the first self-help book. It was written in the 1930s and it's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And we will link to the resources listed here in the description of the podcast. You guys can check them out. Um, but he interviewed like American moguls. And did his best to find out what made them tick and what pushed them beyond the levels of, you know, that typical life. What elevated them to something extraordinary. And truly for each of them, he found that it was very much a mindset. You truly can um, envision the life that you want. And if you're focused on it and if you are dedicated to it, you can accomplish anything and you can push yourself to anything and one of the things that he said in there and that I've read over and over is that the universe loves a winner and not just something or not the universe loves a winner the universe loves an optimist um and being open to ideas and being open to being inspired from other people and to pushing yourself and to growing can change everything and that was a big shift in me that was 2017 that was when I was like, this is happening. We are doing this. And Todd absolutely did not believe me. <laughs> Bless his heart. But what's crazy is like 2017, we said it, this is our year. Even at the end of the year, we're like, oh my gosh. But yeah. then like this year already is shaping up to like put 2017 in the shadows. Like, yeah. It's like if you just keep going and working and fighting, like it just gets better and better. It does. Um, and so, yes, Think and Grow Rich is an awesome book. It's it's very much about like being financially minded, but it transpires into other aspects of your life too, of just being positive. And so another book that ties very much into that book is called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. It's it's very much a guide for a creative life. And if anybody had known me <laughs> many years ago, even to this day, I feel like sometimes if I would not tell people that I was a creative person. 
I was a very analytical person. I've been a very driven person. I've been a very goal-oriented person. Um, but I would not have called myself creative. I kind of thought creativity was like for fun, like flippant. Oh, like let's craft a thing because it makes us happy. And I did not relate to people who labeled themselves as creatives. And that's something that has shifted incredibly in my mind in the last year is how I perceive what creativity is. Creativity is honestly just creating something, anything. It can be a recipe. It can be a website. You can create a spreadsheet, a very analytical spreadsheet and be a creative person. Um, so when I allowed myself to believe that I was a creative person and I read Big Magic, it opened my, my eyes very much to how much the world benefits when each person is willing to just create and to contribute. And there's a lot of fear around creating things and contributing things. As you can imagine with any recipe or viral video or anytime you put yourself out there, you open yourself up to a lot of criticism and a lot of backlash and a lot of, you know, keyboard warriors who feel like they know better than you or they do better than you or, and people are just incredibly insulting sometimes and very, very rude. Um, but there's also a lot of goodness and a lot of magic and a lot of connections made and memories and influences and, all of these things that you allow into your life when you start putting yourself out there. Um, and so big magic was a huge one for me in changing my outlook from being what I thought was just like a boring person (laughs) that just did what I had to do to a creative person that really loved, um, making and creating things. So those are my two big in terms of like reading self-help books, um, that are awesome. Cool. I have a question. Yeah. This is going to be a little bit of a a fun ending, maybe. Okay. I want you to tell me two things. Okay. Number one, the worst, shadiest, most gut-wrenching comment you've ever received. (laughs) And number two, to end on a good note, (laughs) the most uplifting or... uh, inspiring or whatever message that you've received from someone who follows you okay so the worst one it's about to get real (laughs) uh the worst one i was told that i should be drawn and quartered yeah and then shot in the face (laughs) for what do you remember what it was for yes for um ruining an otherwise perfectly good rack of ribs (laughs) Oh, for putting uh, pork rinds. I did. I, I put rinds. pork rinds on some ribs and they were awesome. They were delicious. They <laughs> were fantastic. Somebody was just so mad that I did that, that they wished a very torturous death upon me. So that was a fun one. Another one that I got, it was probably not the worst comment that I, I was very, conf- I was very conflicted about this comment actually. Um, somebody commented on one of my live videos and he told me that I was talentless and a hack. And that I had only made it as far as I had because I was hot. I was hot. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, like on one hand, like it's a super horrific thing to say that I was talentless and a hack, but he called me pretty. So, (laughs) I mean, I guess it wasn't so bad. (laughs) It's like the most backhanded thing ever. (laughs) 
So that one was a funny one. Uh, the most uplifting comment that I have received, um, I don't think I can pick one, but the ones that really bring me the most like oomph to keep going and to keep doing what I'm doing are when people comment um, and tell me about how they made my recipes for their family and the times that they spent together. I had somebody message me this week and tell me that I had made him famous. <laughs> Um, and not famous to the world, but famous to his family because his grandson's birthday was coming up and the only thing that his grandson requested for his birthday was his very own bag of beef jerky. It was Dr. Pepper jalapeno mm -hmm. jerky Told you that he did not have to share with anybody else. And so <laughs> grandpa made him his very own bag of jerky and the fame of the birthday jerky has spread within his family. And now that's what that's. Their family tradition is awesome. what people want for their birthday from grandpa is a bag of beef jerky. <laughs> That's so crazy. Cause like going back, if you, if, if like when we were, when we were having that discussion on the bench on the beach in Hawaii, that like for me, if like looking ahead and not, no one telling us anything about the income we were making, just saying like this happened, someone said this to you, you know, Yeah. you created a recipe so amazing that everyone requests their own special batch for their birthday. <laughs> like that would be so like, it'd be like, yeah, we're going to do this because That's enough. every bit of crap that we've been through and every horrible comment and every difficulty and every hurdle is worth that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so that's awesome. And that's something that you can't buy in a blogging class. You know what I mean? There are yeah. a lot of people that want to teach you courses on how to blog or um, like sell you instructions on a, how to do a thing. Um, but everything that I learned, I never paid for a blogging course. I never paid for, you know, like somebody to teach me how to do a thing when I first started out. I was just determined and very cheap. I think we spent $60 on our domain and hosting for a year and that was all I was willing to invest in it. And you just figured um, it out. You just did it. Yeah, and we You learned, have zero training or background in IT or computers or anything. Like, I had a little bit of background in content creation for blogs, and that was about it. Um, but yeah, I was very much self-taught. Do I think I probably could have learned faster? Maybe <laughs> if I had, you know, taken more advantage of the resources early on. But it was about a year and a half, almost two years after I started my blog before I started to invest in, you know more training materials on how to better schedule my Facebook or an SEO course on how to build my Google traffic. Um, and so I think there are awesome ways to invest. And there are people that I invested in Jeff, hashtag Jeff, we interviewed mm -hmm. him in our last um, interview. And we did we invested in his course about four months ago. And it's amazing how much it's changed really, um, in our business. Yeah. Um, so that's one resource that I have loved. You mean the straight up trajectory of organic traffic? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it has changed. Our organic <laughs> traffic is what, like 600% from what it was? Four or five months ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, Since so we met Jeff. <laughs> SEO is one that's worth investing in. Um, and I use paper planners. I'll link you guys to my favorite paper planners that I use. I use the Happy Planner and the Day Planner from Blue Sky. Um, and both of those are amazing for keeping me organized. Uh, Todd and I, in terms of keeping our editorial calendars organized, we use Google Sheets and Google Docs, uh, and we coordinate that way a lot. 
Um, and Dropbox is huge mm-hmm. when it comes to our upload schedules for new content going out. Um, we also have stuff. We have a room in our house that's a dedicated office for Susie. Yeah. And in there, we have a big calendar hanging on the wall. We have cork boards that we can pin stuff up. We have a big whiteboard that we can white, write stuff on. Um, so just little ways of kind of going over the top to remain organized. And because I need, I need it. I need it so bad because I'm so like. I'm just frazzled. I'm like, I don't need a planner. I'm just going to do these things today and that's it. Like, yeah. and then I'll think about tomorrow when I wake up. When it's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we definitely have a command center that uh, helps keep us organized. We bought a big wall calendar from Target in the dollar spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's helped us a lot. Um, and in terms of really like the biggest takeaway is I can tell you guys how I blog all day long and what things that I use but it's going to look different for you. The biggest thing that I hope you take away from hearing Todd and I talk to each other about our business that we've built is that you are capable and that you might not be qualified right away and that that's okay, that you can work up to it and that you can build up to it and that it can be a process and it should be a process because if the success came immediately and quickly, if we had had a viral video four months into our website, it would have crashed. It would have exploded. It wouldn't, I wouldn't have known how to capitalize on that traffic. But I mean, having things happen after putting in all of the effort and after, you know, I'm still learning. Don't feel like I know everything. Um, but I still feel like we're babies. Man. Uh, each success builds on the success before and each trial teaches you something that you really need to know about your business and about you as a person. And so if you're not feeling like you're a hundred percent, that's okay. You know, just keep trucking, keep at it and don't let the stumbling blocks get you down because there were so many times that I did want to quit and I did want to walk away. And every time that I decided not to, and I kept going, that's when the breakthroughs would happen, is when I would power through those downtimes and I would keep at it. And then something would happen where we would be like, oh, that's why we didn't, <laughs> good thing we didn't quit. Yeah, there's no there's no recipe for success other than just working, right? Yep. And as you work, things happen. Yep. If you don't work, nothing's going to happen. Actions first and the emotions start to follow. Yep. And so anyway, I just want you all to know that you can do it and that you are awesome and that the best things that you can do for yourself and your business is to surround yourself with like-minded people and to spend your time, um, you know, very intentionally trying to grow and to be better. And if it's just one little step at a time, that's okay. If it's not a huge viral video or a big leap, that's okay. Each thing that you publish and put out into the world is a step in the right direction. And it's an opportunity for you to learn and to do better next time and to continue to grow. And on that note, I think one thing that we talked about earlier was really just the sense of community um, that you can have as a blogger if you put yourself out there. And so I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope (laughs) that we will see you guys at Tastemaker Conference in September um, it's in Salt Lake City. You can buy tickets at tastemakerconference.com. September 14th and 15th, 2018. Yeah. Um, and so I just really hope that we see you guys there. And I hope that um, these conferences can be 
an amazingly pivotal experience for you like they have been for me in not just building connections, but increasing your confidence, encouraging you to push outside of your comfort zone and where you are and expand your knowledge and your abilities Uh, because they've been incredibly impactful for me. And that's why I was so excited to be on the committee of a conference um, and to help plan Tastemaker was because I know how much it's changed our lives. And I want to give that opportunity to as many people as possible. Ooh, so. I have an idea. Yeah. What if we do some kind of giveaway with this podcast where you and I, or Hey Grill Hey, Hey Grill Hey is bigger than the two of us, <laughs> <laughs> sponsors a ticket to the conference. We can do that. Is that all right? Yeah. Let's do it. How much How much are tickets? A couple hundred bucks? Yeah. Okay. So... With this podcast, we're coming up with this on the fly, okay? <laughs> yes. We are going to give away a ticket. We're going to sponsor somebody? We're going to sponsor a ticket. I love it. Um, because we, that's how bad we want you to be there. Um, because this is a time for you to take, right? Bloggers give, 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 and then they have a little bit of time to take. This is a time for you to take. Fill up your cup. Take a free ticket. Come to the conference. I'm not buying your flight. <laughs> I'll pay for your ticket to the conference, but we, we can't we can't fly yet. We're not we're not that successful yet. But <laughs> someday. This is where you can, like Susie just said, fill your cup. This is a chance for you to take. Take from these other bloggers that are successful. And if you're successful, you can even give a little while you're here. Talk about where you're at and how you got there. Okay, so here's how we're gonna do this. I've been mulling it over in my mind since we are doing this on the fly. Um, tastemakerconference.com is where this podcast is hosted and there will be a blog post titled episode four of the tastemaker conversations podcast we will have comments open on that post so i would love for you to leave a comment on the blog post at tastemakerconference.com and tell us why you would love to be at tastemaker conference perfect and if you can give me like a little background too like we're gonna pick randomly but i think it would be so empowering for people to go through and read the comment section to see where other people are at in their business why they want to be at tastemaker um and kind of what their goals are for their blogs this year and hopefully tastemaker can help you accomplish your goals but seriously we're doing this Yep. Todd and I are buying your ticket <laughs> to Tastemaker. So if you've been on the fence, if you want to come, if you don't want to come, um, I mean, I, w- I, I want to come and I want you guys all to come. But yeah, we'll get you there. We'll get you into the conference for free. So there you, go. you just got to get yourself there and then we'll get you a free ticket. Deal? Deal. Okay. Comment on the blog post and we will be reading every single one of them and so excited to hear from all of you that are listening. So That's to wrap awesome. it up. Tastemakerconference.com. This is on the fly. I love this. Enter to win a ticket to Tastemaker. I'm sorry. It was my idea. On the blog. I like it. (laughs) Very, we're very impulsive today and I like it. Um, we have loved talking to each other. We surprisingly are not sick of each other yet. (laughs) (laughs) What she thinks. Um, oh, Oh, that was a deep burn. Um, but we're excited to see you guys at Tastemaker Conference as well. And yeah we'll chat next time okay so that's it thanks guys for listening as always this episode was brought to you by shiny heads productions um they produce this podcast 
and it's actually ran by me, Yeah, Todd. this is Todd's side hustle with ShinyHeadsProductions.com. So, ShinyHeadsProductions.com is where you can find all the royalty-free music that you need for your, your video projects or whatever you're working on. Um, royalty-free music is important, so you don't get in trouble, you don't get demonetized. Um, my partner and I write and record the music. It's all original, straight from this room we're sitting in right now, from my basement. Um, so you'll never get in trouble with music on your video if you buy from us. Uh, again, the shinyheadsproductions.com. And we just want to thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you at the conference.